Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. You know, it's, it's one, of the, one of the most deceptive and tricky lies of the devil to convince the world that to serve God is to imprison yourself. Amen. Uh, so many people find that they, they find a little taste of that sin that comes in a season, and they say, wow, look how freeing this is, but what they don't see is the chains that they are putting on to themselves. Amen? I'm glad that the Bible says that when you are saved, sin hath no more dominion over you. Amen? That separates a child of God from someone who's never been saved, because someone who's never been saved are chained. They're under the dominion of their flesh and sin. But someone who has been saved has the genuine, real power of God and the Holy Spirit, and they can overcome sin. Amen. What a wonderful truth that is. I hope this morning, if you're here, uh, that you're saved. Amen. I hope that you know that you're saved. The Bible tells us that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God who came, lived, and died for our sins. Amen. There's not one of us here this morning who does not have sin. Amen. Uh, There's not one here this morning who has a right to look downward at anyone else because we're all just sinners. Every one of us are are, are failures. Every Every one of us is messed up. Every one of us has gone the wrong way. And if it were not for the grace of God, we'd have nothing. Amen. And this morning, I'm glad that you're here because we are all, every one of us, whether you're visiting or whether you're a member, whether you were raised in church from a child or whether you got saved when you were older or not, we're all the same in that we are just sinners. The only thing that can change a person is becoming a sinner saved by grace. And that's just God's goodness. If you're here this morning and say, Brother Paul, I've never been saved. Well, I've got good news. The grace of God abounded more than sin. When Jesus came and died for our sins, amen. I'm not going to preach on the gospel this morning, but I felt the need to share with you the good news that if you are here and you've never been saved, you can be saved today. Amen. And trust me when I tell you, you'll never regret giving your life to the Lord. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me is being saved, and I'm glad this morning that I know that heaven is going to be my home. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter number 2 this morning. We're going to ask the Lord to help us here in just a moment. We'll read some verses and then ask God to help us. I'll be honest with you, I need the Lord's help. I always need the Lord's help. Uh, But as I'm standing here before you this morning, I do feel inadequate to present the Word of God, to be the one to stand as God's emissary uh, for the Word of God today. And I would ask you to pray for me that God will help me uh, that he'll fill me with the Spirit. He'll give me the right words to say. Uh, I had planned, just according with my plans, uh, to continue with the thought we've been looking at the last couple weeks at the giver 
of growth. But as I began to look at that, and, and honestly, really it was this morning <clears throat> when I just came to, a, I kind of just settled in my heart, that is not what God wants. I kept trying and trying and trying. And any of you who's ever done any teaching or preaching in church and tried to put a thought together and really thought you had a good thought, but no matter how hard you tried, it was like trying to fit a square into a circle. It just didn't work. Uh, I had to look and say, well, this isn't it. Amen. The Lord's trying to tell me this ain't it. Uh, and so I began to look at some other thoughts and things, and the Lord drew my heart to this passage in Proverbs chapter 2. So uh, it's a little bit more fresh and green than I like it to be. I like to spend a little more time, you know, working it over and making sure that I've got it in my head and in my, you know, everything gathered the way I want to see it. And I don't have that this morning, uh, but I do believe that I, I, I have the leadership of the Lord. Uh, so y'all help me, and uh, hopefully the Lord will help us to learn from his scripture today. Proverbs chapter number 2. We looked in Proverbs chapter 1 not too long ago. Uh, I believe it was on the Sunday night about being teachable. Uh, we looked at that, uh, those three types of people in the book of Proverbs in chapter 1. Those who are biblical fools. Uh, those who are biblically wise, right? I said three. There's two types. We looked at the Bible fool and those who are biblically wise and, and what that is. And how that a Bible fool is someone who will not listen. They will not learn. And they will not change. No matter what amount of preaching you do or talking to them, they refuse to listen to what you got to say. They refuse to learn from what you've got to say. And they refuse to change based on what you've got to say, right, from the Word of God. And whereas someone who adheres to the wisdom of the Bible is someone who will listen. And they will learn and they will change, right? In Proverbs chapter 2, it is a continuation of those thoughts, a continuation of the author. And we know this is written by Solomon. Uh, and that Solomon often writes from the perspective of a father to his son. In fact, verse number 1 of chapter 2 begins with these words, My son, amen, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, liftest up thy voice for understanding. If thou seekest her as silver, searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, I say amen. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding, I say amen. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He's a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints, then shalt thou understand righteousness, and judgment, and equity, yea, every good path. Verse 10. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us to glean from his word what he wants us to hear this morning. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for this day you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for this place that you've provided for us to gather together in your name. God, I pray if you would help me, Lord, to present your word with power. Help me to present it with the authority of the Bible. Help me not to say anything that would be amiss, Lord, not to do or say one thing that would grieve the Holy Spirit. I pray that you'd help me, Lord, to preach as you've laid it on my heart today, these words from your Bible. Lord, I pray that your words would ring true in our hearts, Lord, that it would ring true in our ears, that we would listen, Lord, we'd learn, and we would be changed thereby. I pray for those 
who are in the congregation this morning, for every saint, Lord, that you would touch their heart and show them the truth of the Word of God. For every sinner, Lord, that might be here, I pray that you would reveal to them their need for a Savior today. God, I pray for Children's Church upstairs, if there's one, God, who has been shown their need for a Savior, God, that they would come to a knowledge of salvation through the gospel today. Meet with us. We lead you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me move quickly here and give you, just by way of introduction in this passage, there are a lot of words thrown out, and there's some that are repeated over and over. You'll find throughout the book of Proverbs, and here in these verses we've read so far, words such as knowledge, words such as understanding, words such as wisdom. And here at the end we find that word, verse number 11, such a focus is brought in on it as it narrows in, and it uses that word discretion. And I would also call out another word that I believe goes in quite well with those biblically, which is the word discernment. These are necessary attributes of a Christian. We must have the knowledge that the Bible just told us only comes from God. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge, right? We must have the understanding. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Uh, we know that from the Lord, the Lord giveth wisdom. Wisdom comes from the Lord. And looking at these things, knowledge, we see in verse number four, it tells us that knowledge is gained by seeking it. If thou seekest her, speaking of knowledge there, in verse three, as silver and searches for her as hid treasures, then shalt thou understand, right? So knowledge is the first step to understanding and that we are supposed to be seeking it as silver. We are to be uh, searching for it as a hidden treasure. What does that mean? Knowledge should be valuable. Amen. Now I know some of y'all and, and, and some of us, I should say, uh, you think, well, Brother Paul, you know, I never was a good student. Maybe you never liked school. My daughter's five and she's just coming up on the end of uh, the first kindergarten year as my wife's been teaching her. And when she started, she was having a great time. But as you know, the way it goes, over time, she begins to realize that time spent in school it's time she could be doing things she wants to do, like playing with toys, right? And for her right now, she does not understand the value of knowledge. To her, when she's having to read those little books we give her and learn those sight words, and by the way, the English language is dumb. I'll just tell you. I went to college to learn to speak and to teach Spanish. And can I just tell you, Spanish is a lot simpler than English. Uh, just try to explain to your daughter why that E at the end of that word makes no sound. Amen. Explain to them why that PH makes the F sound. One of the first things you learn in Spanish is every, every uh, vowel always makes the exact same sound every time you use it. In English, you have to learn five different ways that the A letter sounds. Well, yeah, that sounds like that, well, except for when it's this word, and I have no idea why, but that's just the way it is. That's why when they're teaching kids, they teach them the vowels, A, E, I, O, U, and sometimes Y, my, my, my daughter sings it. But then they'll say, well, here's a word you got to learn. Like, uh, you know, and, and we'll learn that word, and I don't have a good example today. And she'll say, but you sound it out. No, 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 don't sound it out. This is a sight word. What does that mean? When you see it, you say it. Don't sound it out. Because if you sound it out, it's going to be wrong. Well, that's a bad rule. Can we all agree that makes no sense? Whoever put that together, they should ask the Lord for more knowledge. That's all I'm saying. Hallelujah. Knowledge is important, though. It's important that when she sees those words, she knows how to say them, that she knows how to read them. Reading is an important skill, right? There are things that we need to learn in life, and knowledge is a good thing to seek after. But when it comes to the knowledge of God, no Christian is exempt from seeking for it. Amen. You don't have to love algebra, but you need to love the Word of God. 
You don't have to love English and reading, but you need to love the Word of God. I know a lot of people who do not enjoy reading, but they, they read their Bible. Why? Because the Bible tells us to. Because we need to seek his knowledge. I, my sister, she, she probably wouldn't appreciate me saying this, but she doesn't like to read. She, she's not a reader. So what she does is in the morning when she gets up, she's got this Englishman who reads off the Bible. And as she is fixing coffee, it's, the Lord hath said, and it's English. And you know what she's doing? She's trying to get knowledge. And I'm like, well, you know, whatever works for you, seek the knowledge of God. Say, I'm not a reader. Find a way. Man, there's podcasts, YouTube videos, whatever, of someone reading God's Word. Get you somebody who'll read you a good King James Bible and just listen if that's what you've got to do. But we need to seek the knowledge of God as if it was silver and hid treasures. That means it's important and valuable, right? I need to hurry. We're going through the intro here. We see understanding in verse 3. It tells us, If thou cross after knowledge and lifted us thy voice, lift us up by voice for understanding. And we see that understanding again in verse number 5. That as we gain knowledge, as we've discovered it, we will then apply that knowledge to our heart, and God will give us understanding based on that knowledge. Why do we have Sunday school? Well, so we can have an extra hour before church, obviously. That's what some people think, right? Uh, Y'all just like church too much. No, no, no. The reason we have Sunday school is this. We need to not only have the knowledge of the Word of God, but we need some help in understanding it. The teacher ever got up and taught something, and you think, and I never saw it that way. Never thought about it like that. This morning, Brother Tim was teaching on something that he said in his own personal life. The Lord showed him. He said, I never saw it that way, right? That is understanding. Understanding only comes by applying knowledge and applying our heart to it and seeking after it and continuing for it and asking God. And it is absolutely necessary that we have knowledge and understanding in order to establish and fulfill the next three things. Any, let me say it like this. Anybody can get knowledge. There's not a topic in the world that I can't, find, that I can't Google in five seconds and find a Wikipedia page and at least act like I know something about it. Not that you can trust Wikipedia. Trust me, you can't. But, you know, you can find somebody who knows something and say, well, this is what says this, and this says that. You can get knowledge. Understanding is a little harder. You've got to see, you've got to really apply yourself and read it and try to get it. And try, but here's the truth. Understanding can be misconstrued. You ever seen somebody that understood something one way and someone else understood it a different way? But wisdom, wisdom, true wisdom, only comes from God. In fact, the Bible declares there are two types of wisdom. There's an earthly sensual wisdom, and there is a godly spiritual wisdom. The wisdom of the world is not the wisdom of God. God don't even want to hear it. Amen. So we understand that that wisdom is a spiritual thing. But I will tell you this, it's hard to have wisdom without knowledge and understanding. Someone who doesn't have knowledge and understanding is uninformed. The uninformed cannot speak wisely about something if they don't even know the situation. Anybody ever asked you for advice about something and you really didn't know what it was about? Amen. Someone would not call me and ask me how to, uh, you know, install, let's say, uh, Brother, Brother Brett was talking about generator school, going to generator school for his work. I wouldn't have a clue how to install a generator. Now I can read an instruction manual, but any of y'all ever read instruction manuals? They're confusing on purpose a lot of times, right? And I don't have the wisdom. And if somebody called me and said, hey, what do you, can you tell me how to put in this generator? I'd say, you mean the kind you just pour gas in and crank it up? Sure. No, 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 I'm talking about like those real good, nice ones. You run the gas line. Oh, well, you know, I, I, I know, you ever heard anybody say, I don't know a lot about it, but I know enough to be dangerous. That ain't the guy. That ain't the guy. 
Well, that dude's taking the wisdom he knows about other things and he's trying to apply it. And I'll tell you, my dad is really good at that. He knows a little bit about a lot of things. He knows a lot about a few things. But when you want someone's wisdom, you, you want to call somebody who knows what they're talking about. You call them, hey, you ever done this before? Well, no, but I'm sure we can figure it out. Well, I appreciate that. If you want to come help, I'll let you. But I'm going to call somebody else who does know. When it comes to the matters of life, don't ask the world. All they know is enough to be dangerous, genuinely dangerous. Whereas God understands the world. Why? Why would he understand the world? Because he made it. He knows everything there is to know about it. And his wisdom goes much deeper and lasts much, much longer than the world's. Let me just ask you about dieting. Amen. Anybody ever told you what they thought about dieting? Well, personally, I think if you're going to diet, you've got to cut out all carbs and only eat meat. Well, personally, I think if you're going to diet, you need to cut out all meat and only eat vegetables. Well, personally, I think if you're going to diet, you need to stay away from vegetables and you need to eat more meats and fats. And you say, well, that's silly. Well, isn't that what keto is? Eating fats and meats? Right? Well, whatever, right? You see what I just did? I confused you. You know why? Because the wisdom of the world is dumb. It changes every couple years. When I was a kid, y'all still with me? When I was a kid, now if you're doing those things, that's great. I'm not trying to discourage you from doing those things. What I'm telling you is this, it's different every day. You can Google and find an article right now that tells you salt is great for you and salt is horrible for you. The world can't figure it out because the world doesn't really understand. They have some knowledge and they've got their own understanding, but they don't have true wisdom. True wisdom only comes from God. And when it comes from God, that's the kind of wisdom that we need. And what wisdom is, is it teaches us through grace, it gives us the grace to know what to do with the knowledge that we have. That's what wisdom does. Discernment, when we have knowledge, we have understanding, we have wisdom, discernment then, if wisdom is the grace to know what to do, discernment is the grace to know how to do it. Discernment. How do I go about this? How do I get this done? Well, I know I need to do this because it's wise, but how do I go about it? Lord, I need you to walk me through it. Give me some discernment. Amen. You ever read a verse and thought, Lord, I need some discernment on this? Because my understanding says this, and even my wisdom might say this, but I think, mm, Lord, that's really going to mess things up. Give me some discernment. Help me to discern what the Scripture says. Hebrews chapter 5 says this in verse 14. Strong meat belongeth to them that are full of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, to discern both good and evil. In other words, it teaches us how to walk uprightly. As it said in verse 7, He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He's a buckler to them that walk uprightly. Those that walk uprightly are those who take the knowledge, understanding, and wisdom that God has given them, and they discern what is the right way to walk and what is the wrong way. Amen. It takes spiritual discernment. But what about discretion? If wisdom is the grace of God to know what to do, and discernment is the grace of God to know how to do it, discernment is the grace of God to know when you can do it or what you can do. Discretion will say, do that. It's good. It's okay. Discretion will say, mm, not yet. Don't do that. You ever done something that from your perspective you thought was going to be good and then turned out it wasn't received well and it did more hurt than good? That's discretion. Discretion teaches us a lot more uh, about when to make a move. 
It takes discretion. Now, sometimes you might be in a situation where it's inappropriate to say certain things. Not like bad things, but even, you know, incur- happy, good things. But you're in a situation where, well, this ain't the time, right? So have some discretion. Have some understanding. Someone's going through a hard time. Let's not just sit around and talk about how good God's been to us. Right? Look how God, man, God sure has been great to me. I tell you what, I've been blessed. I woke up this morning, had a good cup of coffee, a sunny day, and they're over sitting there over here and barely holding their shoulders up. Have some discretion. Right? It's understanding what you can do and when you can do it. It's, it's, it's a deeper understanding of what is the right step to take next. Sometimes we think in our head, well, it's time, let's do it. But God needs to say, no, it's not. In our verse, it says this, when wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee. See that? That's what I want to look at this morning, and probably, probably again on another Sunday, um, is how that discretion preserves us. We are preserved by discretion. First, I want to show you how that discretion preserves us by protection. In verse number 12, After declaring that discretion shall preserve us, and that's knowing what you can do and when you can do it, discretion is the application of wisdom and discernment. Wisdom and discernment tells you what you should do. It tells you how to do it. Discretion tells you when to actually take what you have learned and put it into action, right? To go. Discretion is the wall between knowledge and action. And what we need to understand is there's some things that we need to be doing, and we need to know when to do them, and also there's some things that we do not need to be doing. And he begins to teach that as to his son. In verse number 12, he says this. It says, Discretion will preserve us to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things. We see first in regarding the fact that discretion preserves us by protection. It protects us from the way of the evil man. Do you see that in verse 12? Deliver thee from the way of the evil man. Solomon is writing this through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. He's saying God wants to protect you from the way of the evil man. And the way that he is going to do that is he has given us knowledge. He has given us Uh, understanding. He has given us wisdom and discernment and discretion. What does that mean? Have you ever gone to do something wrong? Have you? Has God ever appeared out of heaven and held out a hand and said, stop? I'm talking about appearing out of heaven, showing up physically. Has he ever told your donkey to speak and tell you, don't do that? Right? There's an angel with a sword up there that's going to kill you. Has God ever done that? Physically, no. Has God ever sent someone along maybe, or maybe even, you know, God's protected us from things without our knowledge? I will absolutely tell you that. But I'm talking about you're going to do something just you should not do. You're going to say something you shouldn't say. Y'all ever caught it right as the words came out your mouth and thought, wish I'd have been a little quicker on that, right? How do we permit those things? How do we learn to not go that way and then not get ourselves in that trouble? discernment, discretion. We've got to have the discretion to learn to not do the things we're not supposed to do. And here's what he said. 
Discretion will deliver you from the way of the evil man. It'll protect you from a way that God does not want you to go down. What is that way? We see the ways, his ways of speech there where it says from the evil man, the man that speaketh froward things. What does that word froward means? It's not forward. Froward means things that are perverse. They're backwards. They're upside down. In other words, it's the opposite of the way that God wants it. They're speaking toward worldly things. Everything, well, every time they have an idea, it's a worldly idea. Everything they want to do is a worldly thing. Everything they think is great or good is a worldly thing. They're, they're never talking about godly things. They're talking about worldly things. They're never saying good words. They're saying bad words. They are perverse. They are backwards. They are upside down, and they speak froward things. It's like a parent who tells a child, don't do that. It'll get you in trouble. And then a buddy that says, ah, it'll be fine. Let's go do that. You know who spoke frowardly? The first froward statement we ever have, thou shalt not surely die. Who said that? The old serpent in the garden? All he did is add one word to the statement that God had said, the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Satan said, thou shalt not surely die. What he said was upside down. God said, you will. He said, you won't. That's the message of the world today. Have you noticed that? Every wisdom of the Word of God becomes foolish in the eyes of the world. Amen. People, we see them begin to stray in, in things such as how to have relationships. Well, the world says it's good to try out the field before you settle down. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that at all. Right? It doesn't say that at all. Well, the world says I should, uh, I should sow my wild oats and experience life for myself. No, the Bible says that you should, you should serve the Lord when you're young, right? That we're supposed to teach our children. We're supposed to raise them up in the nurture and admonition. Nurture is the good. Admonition is the not so good. Nurture is the God is good. God loves us. Admonition is God don't want you to do that. Don't go that way. Stay away from that. That if we'll raise them in that, then when they're old, they'll not depart from it. That's the way God wants it to be. The world says don't press your religion on your children. The Bible says, raise them up to love the Lord. One of those wisdoms, those wisdoms do not agree. They cannot both be right. Well, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Sure they are, but that doesn't mean every opinion's right. Amen. In some cases, it is a matter of preference, like Ford, Chevy, Dodge. At the end of the day, it's what you think, and it really doesn't matter, no matter what you might think. But in the Word of God, it is not a matter of preference. It is a matter of Good and evil. In the, right, in, the, in the eyes and the writings and the words of God, it is about wisdom and foolishness. Can y'all see that? Discretion will tell us, don't go the way of the evil man. Proverbs 16, 28 says this, A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. Why is he whispering? Because he knows what he says ain't right. Amen. What's he got to hide? A violent man enticeth his neighbor and leadeth him in the way that is not good. He shutteth his eyes to devise froward things. Moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass. You know what Proverbs 16 tells us about these froward people? They lead others into evil. That is why the verse said, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man. Here's a fact. The evil man is already in that way. You hear what I'm saying? The evil man is already in the froward way. They've already gone down the path of wickedness. 
The Son is the one who is standing and looking at which way he's going to go. You are the Son. If you're here this morning and you are saved, are you saved? Then you are the Son in this scenario. And if you're the Son in this scenario, then you've got to understand that you are given a choice in life. And that choice is which way you're going to go. The Bible says there is a way which seemeth right unto a man. The end thereof are the ways of death. That is the way of the evil man. And the, the verse very plainly is telling us that if we will learn discretion, it will preserve us from going down the way of the evil man. Let me ask you a question. Have any of you ever gone down that way? And then one day, like the prodigal son, looked around and thought, How'd I get so far down this road? I just meant to go right there, but now I'm looking back and the place where I stepped on this way is so far back I can't even see it. Discretion will keep you from that. Discretion will keep you, it will teach you, it will show you the grace. It teaches us to avoid those with upside down speech. Jude 1.8 said this, Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Let me just give you a simple warning and we'll move on for the sake of time. Be wary of someone who always has a problem with authority. Scripturally, the Bible tells us those who speak evil of dignities, who can't stand being told what to do, that's someone who don't want to listen, don't want to learn, and don't want to change. And the Bible tells us that that person is a froward thinker. And a froward thinker has it upside down. They've got it backwards. And their speech will show it. Amen? They've always got a complaint about the way things are done. About the way the person in charge is doing it. They've always got a, plaint, a complaint. Now, I'll just, I'll just level with you. I did not vote for Joe Biden. I don't think he's a great president in terms of the way he does things. But my parents did always teach me growing up that you show respect. Amen? Especially to people in those situations. Amen? And I think we should. I don't think we should curse their name. I don't think God appreciates that. Because the Bible says that forward thinkers speak ill of dignities. Right? I think that's just a good solid Bible principle, isn't it? Even when you disagree. David had a man who was king who hated him, wanted to kill him. He said, I'll not lift my mouth or my hand against God's anointed. Now, I'm not saying Joe Biden is God's anointed, but I will tell you this. The Bible says that God puts kings and queens in rule, not men. I'll tell you that. Amen. His ways of speech, his ways of straying. The next verse, verse 13 says, Who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. That tells us that they may have at one point had some kind of good instruction. And they had someone tell them what the path of uprightness is, and they chose to go down the evil path. They have left the paths of uprightness. Now, I do not believe that that means that they are saved because there's some things about it that, that show me that they're probably not. But it, they could be. They could be someone who has walked away from the Lord after being saved. They could be someone who simply saw the path of uprightness and, and in their days of innocence, they came to an understanding of sin or an understanding of, uh, of the worldly desires and then they left what would have been considered innocence and have gone into wickedness. Maybe that's the way. But the point is not of where they were as much as it is of where they are. Where are they? They're walking in the ways of what the Bible calls the ways of darkness. They have ran straight for the way of darkness. The Bible tells us in 1 John 2, 19, 
John speaks of those who went out from us, but they were not of us. You know what that means? There are some who at one time were sitting in these pews. Amen. They were standing in church and singing praise, or maybe they were even behind the pulpit preaching, but then they went out from us. Why? John says this. They were not of us. They were the tares among the wheat. They were the wolves in sheep's clothing. Unfortunately, there are some who have been in that place. When someone walks away from a path of righteousness toward a path of worldliness, beware them. Have the discretion to go, is this right? Am I going the right way? Or am I going to follow this person into a path of darkness? Amen? Ever been a someone at work who tried to get you to go out and party or, or drink and act crazy and do things you ought not do? That's a path of darkness. Don't go that way. Have some discretion. Ever had someone at church who you get around and they want to trash the preacher and the Sunday school teacher and the deacon and all the and they just want to just everything they've got to say is just evil speech. Don't go that way. Don't engage with that. Amen. Don't do that. Why? That's a path of darkness. That's a path of, uh, of sin. That's a path of frowardness. Don't go that way. His speech is a, is a way. His ways of straying. John 12 said this. Jesus said, Yet a little while is the light with you, speaking of himself. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. You know what that tells me? When you follow someone into a path of darkness, they don't know where they're going. Amen. You ever followed somebody who didn't know where they were going? You ever had to been leading somebody somewhere, and they don't know where they are, they're visiting in town or whatever, and you've got the GPS going, and you miss the turn, and you think, oh, Lord, they just followed me. You're whipping into some gas station, you hang out the window, sorry, I missed the turn, I obviously don't know where I'm going. You ever done that? It's embarrassing, isn't it? Well, someone who's walking in darkness, you know what, the, you know what Jesus said about them? He said, they're in darkness, and those in darkness, they can't see where they're going. That makes good common sense, doesn't it? He said this in Luke chapter 6. He spake a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? When you follow that one who strays from the tried and true tested ways of the Word of God, and they're going into darkness, they're headed for a fall, and you're going to follow them right into it. Amen. Have some discretion. Discretion teaches us to avoid their path, to walk in the light and not in darkness. This is his ways of strength. Then we see his ways of sinfulness in verse 14. It said, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they froward in their paths. It says they rejoice to do evil. They are delighting in the frowardness of the wicked. You know what that tells me? They're not just misled. Right? They're not just, you know, confused. They are reveling in sin. They rejoice to do what? What's it say? They rejoice to do evil. 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 Now, there's a difference in wrong and evil. You can be wrong about something but not be evil about it. But evil... Well, that's different. Evil is something that is clearly wrong, and they rejoice in it. Like marches, pro-abortion, 
holding up signs, reveling and rejoicing in how many abortions they've had. They rejoice in doing evil. And I'll tell you, there's no greater evil black mark on the United States of America than the amount of babies who've been murdered. There's none bigger than that. Nothing. Evil. They rejoice in it. They, they rejoice to do evil. They say, not only that, but they, they delight. You know, there's some things I delight in. I delight in Reese Cups. There's things you delight in. You delight when your team wins, it scores a last-second buzzer beater, right? You delight. There's things that give you joy. I, I, I delight in, in seeing my children do certain things. And, and, and I, I delight in hearing them say, sir, I delight in seeing my children up here singing this morning. I was thinking about it as Peyton was standing there and she just loves to sing. And I thought about me being a child and, and singing in church and all those things and how, how wonderful it is that God has blessed me with that, right? I, it gives me delight. They delight in frowardness. They delight in going against God. They love the fact that the Bible disagrees with them. You're going to follow them? Well, they've got some good things to say. Be careful. You can get good things to say from somebody else. Amen. Well, they hate God, and they hate Christ, and they hate Christians, but they're pretty smart about this. Uh, go get, your, you'll go, you'll go get your, no, your knowledge. Go get your understanding out of a well that's not corrupt. Amen. Amen. Why? Because we've got to have some discretion. What's the discretion? Don't go down that way. What way? Their way. Don't go down the way with the evil man. Philippians 3.17 said this, Brethren, be followers together of me. That's what Paul said. Mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. That means look at those who, like Paul said, like me, he said those who are trying to serve the Lord, who are teaching and preaching sound doctrine. Look at those and say, those are the ones I want to follow after. Now, I don't believe in man worship. And I've already said it. The only person we should associate ourselves with really by name as a title is Christ. Christian, right? That is a fact. However, the Bible does encourage us to mark those in the walk who are walking as a good example, it says. You have us as for an example. Look at them and say, I want to walk as they're walking because they're following the Lord. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, right? Then he said this, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping. That means it broke his heart that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. What does that mean, they mind earthly things? They're more concerned with earthly things than spiritual things. And the spiritual things that they talk about are actually in secret, earthly things. That's what they mind. That's what they seek after. That's what they think after. And Paul said this, follow those who are following Christ and the Word of God. Don't follow those whose God is their belly, who mind earthly things. Why? Because there's going to be an end to that road. And when that road comes to its end, you don't want to be on it. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 15. For some are already turned aside after Satan. Jude 1, verse 4. There are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men. Look at this. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord, Jesus Christ. 
Let's, let's pause there for a second. That word lasciviousness, it, it, it's talking about carnal sexual sins, specifically, usually. What it means, he talks about, he said they're sensual, devilish. See that? That word, it means it's, it's just it's something that is overtly pleasing to the flesh. Right? It fulfills our carnal desires. And Jude has got some strong things to say about that. But the scariest part is he's talking about those who are turning the grace of our God into that. What does it mean? They're trying to turn God into something sensual, fleshly, carnal. That's dangerous. They're reveling in their sin so much that they say, well, I'm just like you. Right? Well, I, I can serve God and I can do these things and, and God doesn't care. I can, I can live, I've said it numerous times, what man's greatest, deepest desire is, is this, to do whatever they want without consequences. And what are we seeing? In churches. Well, so long as they preach the gospel, everything else is fine. They're turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. God will save you, but you don't have to live right. Brother Tim and I were talking before church about Jesus Christ. And y'all ever heard anybody say, if Jesus was alive today, he'd be a liberal? If Jesus was alive today, he'd be woke? If Jesus was alive today, he'd be all these things? Y'all heard him say that, anybody? And they're saying that because Jesus went to the publicans and the sinners, right? And he stayed with them, and he said those self-righteous were wicked, and he came to them. But what they're missing is this. Jesus is so holy and so pure that when he went and he sat at dinner with them, people like Mary Magdalene, and then he left them, they were no more like they were when he met them. Why? Because Jesus is not lasciviousness. Jesus is not fleshly. Jesus is not carnal. Jesus is not worldly. He is holy, 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 the Bible says. That's who he is. He is pure. He is perfect. He is sinless. He that knew no sin was made to be sin for us, right? He was perfect and sinless and holy. And when he got around folk, no matter how, when they were just, I mean, filthy, and men like Zacchaeus who were crooks and criminals and women like that adulterous woman who was dragged out, caught in the very act, that when he interacted with them like that woman at the well, he said, you've had five husbands, the one you got now is not your own. That when he got done meeting them, they were changed. Why? Because God will pull you from the way of the evil man. And his desire is to preserve you from the way of the evil man. But when we get saved, it does not preclude us from making bad decisions and going the wrong way following the wrong people, allowing the wrong influences. Be careful who you read after. Be careful who you listen after. Amen. Amen. Because some of them might be Jude, verse number four. Well, they disagree with me on this, 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 and this, but I, I like this, what they had to say. Well, some, you know, sometimes you can take the meat, spit out the bones. We say that, right? I mean, I've got a lot of commentaries, and I don't always agree with everything they say. But you've got to be careful. What you've got to have is this. The Bible says it. Discretion and discernment and wisdom and knowledge and understanding. There are some books that I have that I have read that I would give to some people and say, 
read this. And before I did, I'd say, now, disclaimer, they're not going to use the King James Bible. They're a little bit Calvinist. You're going to notice that in the beginning, some things. So be careful about those things and make sure you mark it and see what it is. But those things, we're going to look, we're going to look past it because, man, God used them to say this message that was so real like he did that donkey. I'm not saying they're donkeys, but I'm saying God got a real message through, and I believe they were genuinely saved, right? Just because we disagreed on a doctrine doesn't mean they're devils. But there's some people I would not give that book to. Why? Because the Hebrews tells us that by reason of use, they have learned to have discernment. I would not go to a new Christian who just started going to church last year and say, here, and say nothing. Because they might read that and become confused. They might read that and be drawn in the wrong direction. They might hear that and say, wow, you know what, that, that sure makes a lot of sense. And the reason is because they have not had enough time to build the knowledge and the understanding and the wisdom and the discernment and the discretion, right? So I wouldn't give that to them and say, read this book. Instead, I would try to teach them about the things they need to know. When, you know, amen, amen. Brother Dennis and Miss Wendy upstairs with the young people there every week, you know what they're trying to do? Teach them things they need to know. Because they're one day going to be sitting where you are. And when they do, we need them to know. Our children, our little ones, need to know about Noah. They need to know about Jonah. They need to know about these things. And then when they get older, each year, we want them to learn more and more, give them that wisdom, that knowledge, that understanding. Because when they get older, they're going to need some discretion. Amen. You ever heard anything in church you really needed to hear? Amen. You ever heard something and think, well, that ain't for me, and then later you found out, wait, it was for me, just not for me yet? God is trying to give you the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding that you need because one day you're going to need to exercise some discretion. Well, I know this is good, and I know that's bad. How do I know? Well, because of the knowledge I've got, because of the understanding that I've got, and the Bible is telling me that these things are true. And Jude said this, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believe not. Who? Some of the ones he saved out of Egypt. What does that mean? Not everybody who gets saved goes down the right path. And sometimes God is going to look at it and say, you're going the wrong way. Some had discretion, and they said, like Joshua and Caleb, we're going to go with God. And then everyone over the edge of 20 who said, we can't do it, God said, fine, you'll die here. Where? In the evil man's way. The way of the evil man ends in death. I had hoped to continue with the next point this morning, but obviously I've gone too long. But I will tell you this. There's too many Christians skipping down the path and the way of the evil man. I'll go to church, but I don't got to be a fanatic about it. Right? I'll go to church, but I don't have to be like she is or like he is. You've got it all wrong. Comparing yourselves amongst yourselves is not wise. That's what the Bible says. You got it all wrong. Stop saying, well, I don't want to be as, I don't want to be like them. I don't want to be like him. I don't want to be like her and holding them as the standard of how you live. No, no, stop that. I'm not your standard. Amen. Who is? Jesus. Now, that is an unachievable goal to, to full fruition, right? We'll never be as perfect as him because we've already dropped the ball. 
But what is our standard? It is Jesus. It's the Word of God. So which way is that? I'll tell you what it's not. It's not the way of the evil man. And I'll be honest with you this morning. I look around here and I see a lot of good Christians. I see a lot of folk, and I, I know you love the Lord. Amen. I know you do. But you need to be careful. Amen? This is a warning. It's a warning from a father to a son. Son, my son, listen to what I'm about to tell you. You need knowledge and understanding. You need God to give you wisdom because he's the one who's got it. You need discernment. You need discretion. If you'll get some discretion, if you'll get, make your way up to having discretion, then God will preserve you. Preserve you from what? The evil way. I'm not going to look at it today, but the very last verse of this chapter tells us quite clearly, in verse number 22, the wicked shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. You know what that tells me? The end of the wicked, the end of the evil man, the end of, you're going to see down here later next time, the strange woman, those, their end, their path, their way, it always ends the same way. Destruction. How many homes have been destroyed because a mother or a father would not listen, would not learn, would not change? Well, I think it's all right. And that's just my way of seeing things. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But not every opinion is right, including mine. I'll tell you what is. God's way. God's way is right. The way of the evil man is wrong. And we could look all morning, over and over in Proverbs. All the times the Bible says, don't go that way. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. This is what's down that way. Don't go that way. This is what's down that way. Don't go that way. And yet, we see Christians so often, they look at it and they say, now that was true for them, but it, it, it'll be different for me. Right? Discretion teaches us to see their ways for what they truly are and to understand their ending. So, as we close this morning, I asked Miss Brandy to come on up to the piano for just a moment. And we all stand together. I want to ask you a question. Who are you following after? Let's all stand. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.